No room is one size fits all. That's why we curated a collection of designer quality rugs that can be customized to the inch and delivered in as little as two weeks. At Ernesta.com, explore over 150 gorgeous styles made with luxe materials and elevated colors and cozy textures. With free design consultations and samples to try before you buy, we make it effortless to find the perfect fit that'll completely transform your space. Visit Ernesta.com and get five free samples with code XX. This is Teachable Moments with April podcast, and you guessed it, I'm your host, April. If you're a returning listener and a part of the Teachable Moments with April podcast family, welcome back. For those who are checking me out for the first time, well, hello and welcome. To everyone listening, be encouraged and look for the Teachable Moments that are all around us. Enjoy. troubled marriage, courtesy of Psalms91.com. Heavenly Father, please hear my prayer. I ask of you today to fill me with your divine courage and strength from an obedient heart and to live by every word that comes from your mouth. Please give me the confidence to speak your word boldly without any reservation about what you can and what you will do. The threats of the enemy against my marriage today are tiny in comparison with your mighty power. Powerful are you in protecting the covenant of marriage, and weak is he who seeks to destroy it. You, Father, help Joshua put his godless enemies to death. He heard your voice from heaven, and he faithfully obeyed because of his obedience, Lord. You gave him divine authority to do your will. He confidently asked the sun to stand still, and you made it happen for the glory of your name and for the protection of your people. Like Joshua and my many descendants of the past, help me to exercise my power and authority given to me through you. Help me to overcome the evil attacks on, over, or against my marriage on this day. Teach me, Lord, to hear your voice and to respond loyally obediently and without any reserve. Make me brave when I am fearful and use me to fight against the enemy of marriage in prayer and in the power of your Holy Spirit. I know you are able, Lord, and I believe in your wonderful word. And I humbly request your assistance for when I fall short. Make me brave when I am weak and forgive me during times of unbelief. With a complete and surrendered faith in Jesus Christ our Lord, I cast all my cares and the protection of my marriage unto you. In the good and holy name of your Son, I pray. Amen. Today's content is from DesiringGod.org for worse or better, moving beyond broken dreams in marriage. This was published November 13, 2020 by Dave Harvey. Do you ever feel like your marriage was an accident? 
Do you ever wonder, did I make a mistake? Maybe your new life together started strong with hopes that being like the sun on the horizon of your life. But now your dreams have lost altitude. A few have even crashed to earth. Marriage, quite honestly, is not what you expected. John and Teresa get it. It's been three years since they said, I do. But when asked how often they make time for each other, they confess, we don't. The difference between their pre-wedding hopes and their post-wedding reality is hard to reconcile. Now, marriage has become the place where their dreams, they went to die. I thought it would be different by now, they each think. Now, what do you do? What do you do when marriage begins to feel accidental, like an error that slipped past God's all-seeing gaze? How can a couple be content and confident when marriage turns out to be so much less than what they desired? Dreams Exposed To desire good things for marriage is not wrong. Of course, it's a sign of health to want to flourish with your mate. Now, at issue, at issue is how we relate to God and respond to our spouse when our hopes for marriage don't materialize, when we don't get what we want when we want it. When our dreams are delayed, we can fear that we will never get what we desire, what we most desire. A great sex life, a quiver of healthy kids, a shared vision for life and work, a spouse that affirms us instead of nagging us, or maybe a spouse that will actually give us a few minutes alone. We also can fear being stuck forever with the opposite of what we most desire. In some form of reverse providence, our dreams expire while our greatest fears spring to life. Now, When Kanisha dreamed about marriage, abundance was always in the picture. She never imagined herself living month to month or clipping coupons to score deals at the local grocery store. It it isn't just hard, it's humiliating, she tells her husband. Money is now a source of constant conflict between them. Last night, Kanisha caught herself thinking, I love my husband, but I certainly don't like marriage. Was this a mistake? When dreams go unfulfilled, the danger is that our desires become demands before God. If this happens, we find ourselves blindly striving for what we feel life lacks. When desires become demands... Discontent devours our confidence in God's sweet sovereignty. God's goodness, it shrinks, and marriage feels like an unhappy accident. Dreams adjusted. Imagine reading the following passage for the first time. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need, and I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. Philippians 4, verses 11 through 13. 
Believe it or not, the Apostle Paul penned those words when he was in jail. Paul was chained and jailed, yet he was quick to say, I'm not in need. How? How did he do that? Paul learned to adapt his desires to his circumstances, whether he was abounding or brought low, facing plenty or hunger and abundance or need. He could be what? Content. He did not question due to his unexpected losses, whether his life path was a colossal error. For Paul, flourishing and happiness did not rest in a satisfied dream. Now, how does that work? How does that work? I'm tempted to think that's just the Paul thing. Sure, if I got to log on afternoon in the third heaven, I'd be content too. But it wasn't like that. Paul's contentment was not a unique grace or spiritual gift unavailable to other Christians. It was learned. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger. What does that mean for your marriage. Think of contentment as a heart that trusts God and confidently adjusts to unsatisfied desires. It's okay to have dreams for your marriage, your family size, your standard of living, your stress levels, your sex life, but marriage often turns on how we deal with delayed, okay, or denied dreams. The more contentment expands within the soul, the less our unrequited dreams suppress our confidence in God's sovereignty. We trust God's goodness is intentional. It's not accidental. We adapt our desires to the unfolding of His will, God's will. We respond to our spouses in ways that say, yes, this is hard and unexpected, but God is faithful. And by that way, I love you. Now, Richard Seltzer was a surgeon who observed a married couple in the throes of one such defining moment, if you will. I stand by the bed where a young woman lies, her face post-operative, her mouth twisted in palsy, some would say clownish, a tiny twig of the facial nerve, the one to the muscles of her mouth has been severed. She will be thus from now on, okay? To remove the tumor in her cheek, I had to cut the little nerve. Now her young husband, he's in the room. He stands on the opposite side of the bed and together they seem to dwell in the evening lamplight, isolated from me, private. Who are they? I ask myself. He and this wry mouth I have made who gaze and touch each other so generously, even greedily. The young woman asks and speaks, will my mouth always be like this? She asks. Yes, I say, it will. It is because the nerve was cut. She nods and is silent. But the young man smiles and he says, I like it. It's kind of cute. All at once, I know who he is. I understand and I lower my gaze. One is not bold in an encounter with a god unmindful he bends to kiss her crooked mouth and i am so close i can see how he twists his own lips to accommodate to hers to show her that their kiss still works and this was taken from um a work called mortal lessons and i guess it's page 45 and 46 when we learn the secret of contentment we are no longer distracted 
by unhealthy demands or the temptation of seeing our marriage as accidental, whether facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need, the kiss it still works. Dreams redeemed. Someone may ask, so is self-sacrifice the best you have to offer? Some version of marital, uh, I don't know. Are you saying I should suppress my dreams as a way of feeling better about my mistake? No, not exactly. Instead, I want you to see just how tightly you've entwined, intertwined your definition of a successful marriage with having your dreams come true. And I don't want you to miss the fact that God often does his best work in those moments when our expectations seem to go unfulfilled. Now, we're going to talk about Tito. Tito dreamed of having a family that would testify to his wisdom as a husband and father. But his teenagers, they had other ideals. Their reckless behavior and the endless conversations with his wife about how that behavior should be managed brought enormous stress and conflict into that very home. This wasn't the life Tito wanted, but this was the trial he needed, one that was lovingly directed by God's unseen hand. The trial helped Tito discover his selfishness. And more importantly, the situation transformed him revealing his daily need to depend upon Jesus instead of himself. 2 Corinthians 1.9 Now, this fallen world, it peddles the notion that our desires exist for immediate satisfaction. When we buy that lie, we confuse the present age with the one to come. In this life, God is not in the business of fulfilling every dream. His goals are far bigger. They're reaching through your soul and into eternity. The truth is that when our dreams for marriage are frustrated, it's intentional. God is preparing us for another wedding, the one where the bridegroom returns to reclaim his presage church. This is found in Revelation 19, 6 through 9. And in the wisdom of God's inscrutable will, this means that sometimes our dreams will dissolve before our eyes. Sometimes corrupted cravings in our hearts, discontentment in particular, die only by being impaled upon an unsatisfied dream. Some growth toward God can spring only from a denied desire. Dreams realized. Now, in his book, The Art of Divine Contentment, Thomas Watson drops a signature sentence. If we have not what we desire, we have more than we deserve. I'm going to say it again. If we have not what we desire, we have more than we deserve. At the core of all discontent lies a bold comparison between what we have and what we think we deserve. The accident mindset pulses indignance. I didn't sign on for this kind of suffering. I'm better than all of this. I'm not getting what I deserve. To that word, the gospel speaks agreement. You're absolutely right. And for that, you can thank God. There's no need to compare our lot against what we hope for and then silently charge God for the shortages. 
Contentment is found in making a different comparison, comparing what we have to what our sins deserve, comparing what we have to what our sins deserve. I said it twice, okay? We were spiritually wretched, lost and broken, meriting only death and judgment, found in Ephesians 2, verses 1 to 3. But God, who is rich in mercy, made us objects of his inexplicable love. Jesus Christ died the death we deserve. He offers us life by grace, and he gives us reason to hope. Ephesians 2, 4 through 9. Husband or wife, if you woke up today with unrealized dreams, you're in good company. But whatever your estate, humbled or exalted, in plenty or hunger, in comfort or pain, God knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. In Christ, your life and marriage, they're not accidents. At this very moment, you are being formed for life with Jesus in the land where desires are satisfied and dreams come true. for a marriage. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the spouse you have given me and all their wonderful qualities. Help me look for the good in my spouse every day and overlook any perceived flaws. Help us to stay committed to one another and keep us both from temptation. In your Son, Jesus Christ's name, Amen. For the ones who aren't afraid to stand out, to embrace the unexpected, who live for the thrill of somewhere new, for those who were born originals, for whom local is a language they're always learning, and authentic their only destination, for those who want to drink it all in, the spirit, the vibrance, the flavor of it all, who want to stay in the moment, in the story, and in the thick of it, or off the map and leave the details to someone else. For those who crave a collection of hotels that stay with them, the Tapestry Collection, stay original. You are just listening to Teachable Moments with April Podcast. I truly hope you enjoyed this episode. We invite you to stay connected with us on the other social media platforms of ours, which is TikTok, Pinterest, Instagram, Threads, and YouTube. Also, we'd like to invite you to check out our official podcast landing page on podpage.com slash teachable moments with April to see all our content in one place and leave personal messages, feedback, and more.